This week on a special bonus episode of Ultra 64, it's all the memories of the games that weren't. Welcome to Ultra 64. Uh, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. My name is Steve Bentley. I am canceled and postponed Woody Siskowski. <laughs> we're, we're really leaning into that comprehensive title today. Absolutely. We are we are digging deep. We're going deep because like th- normally our show for new time new listeners like go listen to a different episode. Go listen new to a different listen. episode yeah. because new t- you damn new, time. new timers uh, get on out of here. Now, we we normally we're playing through my entire Nintendo 64 collection in random order until we play every single one of those games. We talk about those games. Yeah, but this week we are uh, mixing things up a little bit. We're for, playing games that don't exist. They don't somehow. exist or they exist in some weird ephemeral form, aka they're on another system. Uh, and we're doing this because uh, this week marks our one-year anniversary of being a show. Yay! Woo! Congratulations, Steve. One, one year. year. One year. We are in relationship stronger than ever. Yeah, I mean, this is the paper anniversary. Should we have played Paper Mario? Well, that game did get released, Steve. Fuck. Damn it. Damn it. Go back in time and cancel it. Let's go to... cancel. I don't know if that's worth it, though. No, you're that, right. That's, it's not worth the it. The world is better with Paper Mario in it, I think. Uh, I'm sure we can figure out some other paper-themed gift. Here, I got you this Nintendo Power that you already oh, own. Oh, you got my Nintendo Power. Yay. Woo. Speaking of Nintendo Power, there's some previews in there for uh, launch games for the system. That's a Nintendo Power that's previewing Super Mario 64 and all the wonderful things that the Nintendo 64 will be able to do. Yeah. And one of those games in the preview we we played today because it got today. released on the GameCube probably. Kind of improbably, like really. Like eight, ten, ten years after that was... issue came out. Yeah, oh, what that was issue it? It is was probably from 1995. Se- yeah, no, it was eight and- years. You're right. It was eight years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of crazy that it, that game kind of existed at all. We'll get to what it is. But yeah, really, we just kind of wanted to dig into some of the games that uh, never appeared. Some, of the- But a lot of our focus today is going to be on games that did appear in some form later. It gives a lot more for us to talk about. It's difficult to talk about things that no one really ever got a chance to play and only exist in sort of vague screenshots. Yeah. Don't I mean, worry. We'll get to those games and talk about only vague screenshots. Oh, absolutely. But I have no problem with the vague screenshot talk. But really, <laughs> games, canceled games on the N64 come in a couple of very specific flavors. There's like... Uh, grape. There's Grape, which is uh, nobody's favorite, no, really, grape but they is, settle for it. I would say the ranking of flavors okay. is lime is at the bottom of anything. I would disagree, but we've had this talk before about like. Have banana. we had it on the podcast? Have we had it on the podcast? Okay, banana flavored candy. I'm, I'm right. Anti. I feel like banana is a very divisive flavor, um, so let's leave banana for later. I think we can all agree that the red flavors are the best. Oh be yeah, they, indisputably. Yeah, be they, they be cherry, strawberry, strawberry, or watermelon. sometimes raspberry. Yeah, or watermelon. Yeah. Um, so those are all at the be- um, at the top. And then banana flavor is definitely divisive. I'm yeah. pro banana flavor. You're anti banana flavor. I'm anti banana flavor. Uh, you know, and there's usually no in between for people. How usually about, people. You know what I think is most divisive is lemon. Most oh. people skip over the lemon pieces, and I uh, I don't mind the lemon ones. Okay, I guess you're just not in the same mood. When you're in the mood for the strawberry one, you're not in the mood for a uh, for the lemon one, and that's the thing is like. Yeah. Raz, you know, an orange, you'll take it as like a discount strawberry, but a lemon is a whole different camp. Well, here's That's... here's a one hot take, and I, I'm, I don't at me, but uh, I am going to say best flavor of Lifesaver, pineapple. Okay. The white Lifesaver, best one. I, I always found it confusing. I always thought it should be coconut. and then uh, but I'm glad it's I'm not glad coconut. I'm glad it's not coconut. Yeah. That would be a blast. Okay, we got way off track. but the, <laughs> We have to fill up time here, Steve, talking we, about... Know, here's the thing. We don't have to do anything. That's this true. is a bonus episode. We don't have to do shit. I'm not even wearing pants. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, there's a couple different varieties. You get games that were like in development for N64 and then were pushed onto a different system. You get games that were kind of just rumored and never really came around. There are uh, PS1 ports that never actually materialized for one reason or another. And then there's games that well, were I can tell purchased you the reason, by Infogram. Steve. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the reason is probably that it yeah <laughs> sold much worse than the PS1 version would. And Nintendo yeah. 64 is really, really hard to program for. Yeah. So a lot of people just, unless it's like a ma- massive hit, they just didn't figure it was worth it. Sorry, and I interrupted your last reason, which was a big one. Oh, yes. It's uh, games that were purchased and canceled by Infogram. And... Uh, 
We're not really going to talk about those today because I think that's a whole other show. There's like a dozen of those <laughs> games. Infogram is, uh, of course, the European developer that uh, was making a big push in the late 90s to kind of become a dominant gaming force. And so they bought up a lot of these little smaller studios and then shut down production on a lot of them. And they got a little too... Wait, the... Steve, you said we weren't going to get into that today. We won't get into so, it today. We just yeah. got into it, Steve. We're in. Let's get out. Let's get out. <laughs> ah, 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 pull me up. Pull me up. Ah, ah, ah. Man, we're out. All right. Goodbye, Wonderful. Infogram Quickstand Hole. Uh, so... And, you know, I don't know if we're ever really going to talk about the PS1 ports because they're just not that interesting for the most part. Like, I, I can Yeah, we would never few... talk about something not interesting on I'll the podcast. I'll rattle off a few names if you want. Uh, Alien Resurrection, supposed to come out, didn't. Yep. Spider-Man 2, Enter Electro, supposed yep. to come out, didn't. X-Men, Mutant Academy, didn't. Shrek Treasure Hunt, nope. Mm. Uh, World's Lost there. Mega Man Legends 2. But, you know, really, we talked about Mega Man Legends and it took like five years just to get that port onto the system. Yeah. By the time it came out, the Nintendo 64 was dead, dead already. Yeah. So that's no surprise to anyone. You know, a few others, uh, not terribly interesting. It's like we said, the story there is just the games didn't sell well enough to justify the expense and trouble of programming for the Nintendo. So who cares? They're not that interesting. But um, today we're going to talk about games that did come out. And just for a little extra banana flavoring, I'm going to toss in a couple of uh, a couple of those juicy rumors. I, I brought the rumor mill over to my salad, and I ground it all up, and I did not say when. That's right. I like it. Yes. Yeah, so, Wait, is that um, I, whenever someone says rumor mill, I always uh, had a mental picture of like a big windmill. But maybe is it like you always envision like a pepper mill? I mean, I'd never full really of rumors. Thought about one way or the other. I think just saying it right now, maybe I'm hungry. But my first thought was the pepper mill. Okay, and now I kind of want a Caesar salad. I think that'd be delicious. That does sound delicious. Some fresh ground pepper on there. We need to get. Um, you need to get a butler, Steve. Stop buying all these uh, Wii U <laughs> video games and start paying a butler. I'm curious if I sold off my video game collection, how long I could employ a butler. I bet pretty long. I mean, the market is strong. Like a quarter, I'd say, maybe like one quarter of the year I could I could have a butler. Maybe I could just have like a weekend butler and spread it out. Okay. But he has to be comfortable with me calling him Jeeves or Woodworthy, and uh, he has to speak in a British accent. I don't care where he's from. Okay. And uh, if he could – I'm, I'm so not So write be... in if you're a butler named Jeeves or Woodworthy. Yeah. And... Or if you're comfortable being okay. called Jeeves or Woodworthy. I'm not going to insist on that. I don't think people are named that very often. I've never met a Woodworthy. I've never – I don't think there anyone's ever met a Woodworthy. Uh, I don't think it exists. So this is, uh, this is my unicorn that I'm search- searching out. But uh, all right, let's talk about some of the games we did play today. This gave us an excuse to kind of uh, bust out the GameCube, and uh, I just I just love the GameCube. The it's old four by four. It's a cube indeed. The old cube with a handle. Yeah. The, the old, old box that runs tiny circles. The old mini disc player. The old briefcase with a weird controller. The old purple building block. I yep. don't know. Wonderful. We we nailed them, Steve. We nailed all the famous nicknames <laughs> of the GameCube. Yeah. The Dolphin, right? It the was Dolphin. It was Project Dolphin for a long so time. So if you if we if this was a GameCube podcast, we would be Ultra Dolphin. Oh, I was or, just gonna call it Project Dolphin. If oh, that's that. much better but, yeah. than Ultra Dolphin. Yeah, but it's we would have to make sure it's very clear in the logo like what that we're not about we're dolphins. About. We're not about dolphins. We're not a, a ecological preservation uh even though we probably should be that might be a more valuable use of our time and intellects if we were like putting our efforts towards something <laughs> positive in the world but Stan, we're talking about canceled games canceled for nintendo, games 64. nintendo 64 i know i'm sad oh uh, no i don't care um all right so let's talk about our first game for today uh this was uh, originally titled Dinosaur Planet, and we all know it as Star Fox Adventures. Now, we've talked we about this a few times. We all know it, because this game is, you know, more popular than Red Dead Redemption right now. It's it's handed out on Halloween every year uh, in bags. So yeah, people are cosplaying like, as Crystal all the time, which is actually probably that's true. That's probably true, actually, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if they're not, they're missing an opportunity it's to true. be a sexy fox lady. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've talked about this a little bit before. We talked on the Conquer episode and on the Star Fox episode. Uh, this was kind of the last thing that Rare and Nintendo ever did together. Technically, Conquer was because that's the last IP. This one was a holdover. Uh, Dinosaur Planet was being developed for the N64. It was mostly done, and then they decided to bump it to the GameCube uh, and kind of change the focus of it a little bit. I think it was going to be more of like a 
Banjo-Kazooie style platform and the final product we get is more of a Zelda clone. So what do you think? I mean, I know that this is just random random guesses and stuff from mm-hmm. you who was not there at the time. It's not. Why do you think they decided to move it? I mean, what what are our theories? Our made up fan theories? I think honestly, huh? it was. Uh, oh, are we are we going with outlandish theories or probably no? Real reasons? You, you can either one, man. Okay, either one. Okay. You can, I, uh, real reasons probably have more merit, but if real, you can't think of a real reason, real reason, if I had to guess, is just that uh, it was coming out too close to the end of the uh, Nintendo's life cycle, and they just decided to push it. And that's it. Push it real good. Push it real good. And then I think they kind of awkwardly shoehorned in the Star Fox license to this because this does not feel like a Star Fox game at all. And it doesn't feel like it was ever intended to be a Star Fox game. We get a lot of wildly clashing styles going on here. Yeah, so give me a well, – before we get into that, yeah. give me uh, give me an outlandish reason that they move this to GameCube. Outlandish reason is that uh, the feminine furry foxes that were created for the game – came alive a la Cool World, started mm-hmm. seducing their creator and dragging them into this animated video game in order to come out and uh, seduce men and take over the world. And so they got distracted by being distra- by being those sexy foxes that they had yeah. to delay till GameCube. And they had to bring in like an exorcist and a couple of different things to get it all under wraps. That delayed production by at least six months. Uh, so watch out for that. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> that was the outlandish region, everybody. And uh, go watch Cool World. Great movie that definitely holds up and isn't terrible at all. No, don't watch Cool World. It's real bad. Yeah. So in this game, you uh, yeah, it plays like a Zelda Zelda clone all the way to, around to not being able to jump with yeah. a with a button. Um, and I don't know. My impulse when I see like if you have an anthropomorphized animal character, I just I feel like they should be able to jump. I just feel like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it just you want feels wrong to you not want jump. your ratchets. You want your uh, Sly Coopers. Yeah, your, jumping is an essential component. Your of crashes that. Bandicoot. Your yeah. Banjo Kazooie. Hey, did you hear that Banjo Kazooie is going to be a new Smash Brothers? No, is that true? They, there was a leak. They, they oh, said that Banjo Kazooie is going to do a new Smash Brothers. I My think it's God, still in the overdue. rumor mill. Speaking of the rumor mill, crunch, crunch, crunch. That would be uh, that would be really something, right? That would I be mean, an amazing, like really versatile fighting character. Actually, I would love that. Oh man, I hope that happens. Um, so this game, yeah, it has a very weird aesthetic, as you mm. were saying. It takes place on. As you would guess from the title, Dinosaur Planet. Yeah. A dinosaur planet which looks, I don't know, kind of Legend of Zelda E. Um, I was commenting when we were playing it. It looked, the backgrounds looked like they were recycled from uh, Jet Force Gemini. Uh, if, if anyone's played it, we'll get to that one fairly soon, actually. Uh, but yeah, it, it, looks, it looks like old recycled environments. And actually, you know what? The game does not look bad. No. There's good colors, it's good textures, but it's like. Mixing dinosaurs and science fiction and Fan- I mean they're like castles, Arabian so it's Nights. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. The first storekeeper you meet is kind of this reptilian snake-like genie. Yeah, it's a mm. fucking dinosaur genie. Also, this store is wildly overcomplicated. I know there's about four rooms, and then there's hallways to each room, and then there's a weird haggling mechanic mm. where you pick your item. He says, "How much do you want to pay for it?" And then you tell him, and I managed. We managed to haggle him from ten down to nine. And wouldn't, you must get better at haggling as you go along in the game, right? I mean, yeah, it's not a well – it's not a clearly explained mechanic. Yeah. And I mean this is a game I played a little bit before and uh, eventually you get like a little dinosaur sidekick named Tricky who uh, follows you around. He can breathe fire and do different things to help you clear obstacles. To rock around, to rock around, around that's right on time. It's Tricky. Tricky. Because DMX licensed by Dinosaur Planet or the other way around. The D in Run DMC stands for – Oh, yeah. Run DMC. DMX is a different band. Sorry. This is why – It's Tricky to rock around. Yeah. My hip hop knowledge oh, oh, oh. is very, very light. That's okay. That's okay. I just I'm, know that. I'm from I just, the streets, so yeah. I, I know this stuff. I just know that song uh, by Run DMC because Penn and Teller are in the video. Have you have you watched the video? <laughs> I haven't watched the video. You should no. watch the music video. I, it's I, I love that really song. Great. Oh wow! I've never watched that. Um, oh man! I have so to that's get, it's okay. your homework for as soon as we're done recording this. I'm gonna do it. Um, right. What were you? Oh yes, we were talking about Dinosaur Planet. So yeah. um, I feel like it's a very. I mean, you know. Since we're not getting into the rankings of any of these, I feel like this game, you know, we can just jump right into the talk oh, about yeah, the quality. Yeah, can... I feel like this game just stands as very sort of launch, launchy um, filler game. Like, it didn't come out right at – it's not a launch title for the GameCube, but it was pretty early. Very early, yeah. It just sort of fulfills – it reminds me a lot of Cameo Elements of Power, which was yeah, a launch was... game for the 360 um, by Rare – Oh, that's right. And that has was a rare game. A yeah. very similar aesthetic to this game, and I feel like it's the kind of game that 
just feels like a holdover from the previous generation, which it was. We're waiting like, for Twilight Princess. Yeah, 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 if this game had come out on the N64, it might have been like kind of a classic or just like... I don't know, just sort of... I think that should be something we add to, for each of these. Since we're not doing traditional rankings, we should just say, would this have been better off on the N64, or would this have been a good fit, or is it better off where it landed? Okay. I mean, or what... I Really, is it, is it like something that would have enriched the library? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think Dinosaur Planet probably would have been a good fit. Yeah, um, I, I think it would have been better on the Nintendo 64. And, and some of the design elements that we were already kind of past, even by the time the GameCube generation came about, those are here. Like, it's pretty tedious to, like... You don't get a weapon for quite a while. Like, we played a little bit, and we never got a weapon. And uh, you just have to pick up these explosive crates and throw them at enemies or at cracks in the wall and stuff like that. And they, they only spawn in one place, so you have to keep, like, running back and forth. And it's a little tedious. And then, like, I don't know, there are little mini games and, and things like that. Like, uh, we had to find a magical spirit by playing the, is it three-card money or is it, like, the, the coconut game? Yeah, or whatever. the, the shell some... game. Yeah, 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 the shell game where you have something like hidden underneath and you have to follow it with your eyes. And it's it's all pretty rudimentary. I mean, this is right at the beginning, but yeah. And really, like, Fox is just, like I said, he's very shoehorned in. Yeah, so you play as Crystal, who's this fox princess on this dinosaur planet. It's really never explained why foxes live on this dinosaur planet. Um, And apparently, so you unlock a special spirit totem with her, and then it game fades out and you're up on fox's ship the great fox fox is apparently a mercenary he's a mercenary yeah. of course. he doesn't he's not part of the army he just gets hired by the dog man yeah um, like general pepper phones yeah. in and tells him about this mission that they have and then he says oh and by the way your your monetary request has been approved it's being sent to your account as soon as the mission's over and we're just like wait i thought he was like I thought Star Fox was like an elite team of soldiers or something, but apparently, no, they're like... The Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, or, or Firefly or something. Also, like that, yeah. very weirdly, Falco is not on the ship at all. It's no. just the peppy and slippy voiced by uh, the guy from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Chris Seaver. Yeah. yeah, so he doesn't quite match the uh, N64 voices, which I think are a lot more iconic. Oh, right, um, yeah. But yeah, there's no Falco at all, and there's no explanation for where he is. I don't know if he shows up later, and there's more explanation. But I'm gonna say anti-Italian bias. Just uh, <laughs> he, he was just retconned out. He was. Uh, yeah, so you know that's that's Star Fox Adventures. It's I mean it's not terrible. No, uh, it's definitely not terrible. It's, it's if you were capably an, made, it's just a little uh, underwhelming. If you were an early adopter of the GameCube, you probably would have been happy to have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And conversely, if you had been a late you know, holding on to your N64 late, you probably would have been happy to have it. Yeah, but totally. It's, I don't think it's worth going back to. No, not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of a, a lot of other stuff out there you can get to. That's what I've heard. Uh, like this next game, which we'll talk about, even though uh, we didn't play it today, but uh, I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, Eternal Darkness. So You don't want to talk about this game later, Steve? I feel like we should parse this out. Into, I feel like we should do another one you of these. You want to save it? Yeah, a, can... a year, let's meet a year from now. Okay. Um, I'll, uh, you know, Richard Linklater, meet back here in one year and uh, see how we still feel about each other and how we still feel about Eternal Darkness. Okay. I mean, we can. I can push it back. Do you yeah. want, you want After to hold After this, this? Ma- magical night of talking about canceled games. Yeah, I Fair think enough. we should, should save those. Because there's still more that we haven't played. I think we should just talk about the three that we did play today. Okay, that's and, fair. And uh, yeah. see if there's a couple more that no one will ever play. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah, yeah what no, do we that's play next? So keep, keep an ear out for uh, those episodes later. Now you know Eternal Darkness is going to be one of them. I know. But uh, there's a lot to dig into with yeah. Eternal Darkness anyway. Uh, so let's move on to the one that we kind of hinted a little bit in the preview, uh, Kirby's Air Ride. Kirby's Air Ride has had a very interesting path like okay so this was originally announced as a launch game i'm holding this nintendo power right here it was kind of a preview issue for what the n64 would be and there's images of uh, kirby's air right in here uh so it was always intended for the nintendo 64 it just never happened it kept getting pushed and reconfigured and reimagined until finally it came out on the gamecube in 2003 so that's yeah like i said that's eight years after it was originally supposed to come out uh, and I always get kind of amazed that like games that are pushed back that long like ever actually come out. It's like because a, you need a complete rebuilding of what's there. Like, right, to, you just keep working and working and working at this. If thing. If all your sprites are designed to go on the N sixty four, you have to just redraw everything for the game yeah. cube. Or, and I mean, sometimes or, it works. Like, didn't I might be misremembering, but didn't like. Uh, Half-Life 2 have, like, an extremely long uh, mm-hmm. production cycle. Like it did, that. but, I mean, it was always going to be out on, like, you know, the PC. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. they had to redevelop the 
engine that it was built on or yeah. anything. But. but, I mean, that one turned out great, but then you get games like Duke Nukem Forever, which was, like, an industry joke for the longest time. They're like, oh, this is never going to happen, never going to happen. Then, like, something like 10 or 12 years after it was announced, it dropped on PS3, and it might honestly be the worst thing I've ever played in my life. Yeah, um, it's... I would say generally when games get canceled and stuck in that development hell, they usually don't turn out all that great. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the games that we've played here kind of buck that trend. Um, I mean, yeah, nothing we played today was bad. Uh, no. And so, like, okay, what what are what are some games that – this is off topic, but what are some games that, like, were stuck in development hell that you were kind of following and really wanted mm. to see come out that never did? Well, this I I guess I sort of I never paid enough attention to the sort of hype in early mm. media. I do remember. Yeah, I don't really have a great answer. I'm sorry. I mean, no, Earthworm Jim, cool we spot. definitely talked about um, as something that I would was really excited about. Um, I mean, Earthbound '64 was definitely a thing that had a lot of hype, and I know we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, either now or another time depending on how long we've gone i feel like but, at this point we've teased it we got to talk about no it. we already teased eternal darkness you <laughs> got to keep people coming back uh, so i i mean yeah what i mean what about you i'm sorry i wasn't able to contribute no much, no that's but. fine i the one that i always strings to mind for me is starcraft ghost oh uh, yeah which was supposed to be like a gamecube launch yes. title i think and it was a third person action game set in the starcraft universe and you played as like a female super spy mm-hmm. And it kept getting pushed and kept getting pushed and kept getting pushed, and then it finally just disappeared. And, I mean, there's even still some rumors in some fan communities, like, saying it's still going to happen, uh, which would be kind of amazing. It'd be almost 20 years after it was announced if that actually came out at some point. But That would uh, be, I don't know, that's pretty hard to believe. Blizzard sort of just seems very set on their, like... We have these three games, and we're They've, just going to support them for as long as they're profitable. Yeah, which and, is I mean, uh, can, a long I, time. It's amazing that Diablo 3 is still being ported to new systems. And some, I don't know, is there an like, I like Diablo 3. It's a yeah. fun game. Yeah, yeah. But is there an audience who's super stoked about it coming out on the Switch and want to buy, like, an exclusive Diablo 3 Switch? I don't want to buy an exclusive Switch. I probably will play it on the Switch, though. But you have to, like, restart your characters every time. Yeah, but also I've been away from that game for, like, years and years. So, like, it wouldn't be a big loss. I don't remember what my characters were at. So my computer can no longer run it. It's it's struggling, (laughs) the poor little fella. Uh, So, yeah, I, I would probably play that. But, yeah, yeah. And... What's their third? So they've got that. They've got World of Warcraft and then the Lost Vikings. Is there? Oh, yeah. Big, no, uh, Rock and Roll killer? Racing. Oh, Rock and Roll Racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's playing that one. Yeah, absolutely. World of Rock and Roll Racing. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. That actually. would actually be amazing. <laughs> like a big I want to do that. They're like, like, we are no longer supporting World of Warcraft. <laughs> we are now supporting only this Rock and Roll Racing MMORPG. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I want this. It's like a monster truck uh, <laughs> World of Warcraft. That'd be amazing. Anyway, we're, we're way off track. We're talking about Kirby's Air Ride. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a very cute, very, very simple racing game um, that features Kirby, who, of course, is an adorable little pink puffball. He's riding on those stars. Whenever you beat a level in the Kirby platformers, there would be this warp star that comes down, and you mm. would jump on it. would take him to the next level. But this game sort of expands on that of like, oh, what if you just race on the stars? Yeah. And it's like... So, so simple. It's two button controls. It's joystick so it's and one it's, button control. Well, if you count the joystick as well, a button. If we would count the joystick as a button, then it's like, how many buttons is it? It's more than one, right? Oh, man, you're blowing my mind. I feel right like now. a button you need to press. Like, you could count directional. So is it like eight directions? You can count directional pads as buttons because mm. it's like four buttons that you can press in different combinations. But I don't think that you can count a joystick as a button unless you can click the joystick okay. in which it's one button and then it also has all those directional pads, which I don't know how many buttons that is. Okay, why don't we just say it's eight buttons Kay. because every direction you push it in is a different button and then nine buttons if you can click it. All right, fine. So and this then the is control, a... the plastic controller itself is also a button. The Kay. cable leading to the box is a button. Okay. Oh, you have to you have a button on the GameCube to turn mm-hmm. it on and to reset it. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. So Kirby's Air Ride is a thirteen button game. It's a thirteen button game. It's very Sim- simple very compared simple. to Star Fox Adventure, which is a thirty seven button game. Yeah. Uh, and and then you start counting all the buttons on Fox's jacket, and mm-hmm. it just gets out of control. Uh, so uh, yeah. So the, Kirby's Air Ride, all you do is you boost with a and you steer with the joystick there's no acceleration you no just acceleration. go fast from the beginning it feels weird until you get used to it because i think anybody who's sitting down to play like a racing game is gonna 
hit the acceleration button and hold mm-hmm. it down and then like release it if you need to slow down or whatever. But this one, you're going to go the speed you're going to go. So when uh, you when you press A, you kind of grind with your star on the ground. Yeah. And then when you release it, you get a boost. So the idea would be to sort of grind and turn a corner mm-hmm. and then release it to a sort of power slide out. Yeah. And, also and charging up your boost slows you down yep. and then you get a little zip ahead. And they'll have like boost pads on the ground that you want to lower yourself down so you can actually hit those pads. Yeah. And then sometimes if you uh, if you get near an enemy, you can hit A and do Kirby's signature like swallowing move, and you can turn into the creature. Yeah, so there's so just like, enemies yeah. like not even other racers, but there's just enemies on the course that have these powers from yeah, the yeah. previous games. And, and then, then you can, you can use you can their attack powers. the other players on the course. And if you don't have any attacks, you can like put just hit left and right on the joystick really quickly, and you spin. do a little spin. Uh, and then you can kind of do little tricks in the air. Like if you do a jump, you can pull back or you can lean forward on your board and then like... There's sort of divergent paths. Like you could, if you go high enough in the air, you can get an upper track versus a lower one. There's also yeah. a lot of uh, rails in this game, which you, you said this game was originally intended to be a skateboarding game, so right? So it took a couple different I mean, forms. Originally, like it was called Kirby's Air Ride and it was going to be a little racing game. And then they shifted focus and it was going to be kind of a Marble Madness clone, like, or Super Monkey Ball, as we would mm-hmm. later know it. Uh, Which Kirby kind of, had kind of already done in the sort of golf game dream course yeah. for that, or Super Nintendo. And then Glover came out, and that just blew the doors off <laughs> yeah. of everything. And they're like, nope, we can't keep up <laughs> Glover, Glover. perfected it. Let's move on. Uh, so they, they reconfigured it into kind of a skateboarding game. Like, an almost a, like I don't know if it used the same Tony Hawk mechanics at the time, but it was definitely capitalizing on that moment. Uh, and trying to make Kirby super rad. Hopefully he had a backwards cap <laughs> yeah. and blue blocker glasses. He was totally in my face. He was. <laughs> I have to go now. My planet needs me. Uh, yeah, so then uh, after all that development, it went back to what it was always going to be, which was just kind of a very simple racing game. And uh, by that point, the N64 had come and gone, and they were still working on this game. So they are just like, all right, so this is going to be a third-year GameCube game. And so, this, yeah, this was developed by HAL Laboratories, mm-hmm. which um, developed the Smash Brothers games. And the interface for this game looks almost identical to the Smash Brothers games. They even have the feature that they have in, like, uh, I think they, I think they introduced it in Brawl, where uh, if, you, on, if you beat a, a course or if you make an achievement or something, it pops off a little screen on this big wall for, like, bonuses and, like, mm-hmm. stickers and stuff like that. So... They've introduced that in Kirby's Air Ride, uh, which is interesting, which is a mechanic I really like uh, just because I'm a sucker for, like, it's it's like video game bubble wrap to me. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh I got to pop them all. I got to pop yeah. It's so soothing. So, yeah, no, lots of interface similarities with this. Uh, I mean, this one's, it's really cute. It's really insubstantial. Like, mm-hmm. and and it takes some getting used to if you've played a lot of kart racing games because it just doesn't. It doesn't feel quite like a kart racing game, but it also, like, is. I don't know. It's it's really hard to kind of pin down I how re- to describe I it. I really liked this game. I thought that it moved super... I mean, it felt fast and very smooth. Um, I think it's confusing that it only uses the A button, which sometimes make you glide, and then when you're near someone, it makes you do the suck in. Like, yeah. I don't like it when the same button does multiple things, especially in a fast-paced game like yeah, this. yeah. Um, but I definitely would want to play more. Can I borrow this game from you, Steve? Yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. absolutely. All right. Like, I think this is a good, like, pick up and play because it yeah. is so simple. Like, anybody can just pick it up immediately. If but, uh, this game had been on the N64 and um, was, you know, about... I mean, I don't think it would be as smooth as it is on the GameCube, but yeah. I think it would have been a total classic, honestly, because Interesting. for how... I mean, think how many, like games people have memories of playing four players of that aren't that good like a lot of people associate star fox with like oh yeah i had so much fun playing the four player mode and the four player mode in that game sucks or and like uh, we discovered with the uh, conquer and we shattered zach's dreams the other day <laughs> yeah, yeah um whereas i feel like this game could very nicely fit into that as like i mean i love snowboard kids and yeah. i feel like this game is basically on par with snowboard kids uh i think that's a, that. that's an apt comparison because snowboard kids is like it's also a kart racing game that doesn't really feel like a kart racing mm-hmm. game it's just got its own kind of weird mechanics uh that make it stand out so yeah i think that's a good comparison yeah no i, I think this would be a good fit on the nintendo 64 uh and it's not bad on the gamecube by any means it's just like you said it's it, insubstantial and compared yeah. to something like f-zero x or the, oh yeah yeah um or really mario any mario kart game it's not quite as good yeah just it, it's not very deep uh and it's it's better narrow gauge it's it's better than narrow gauge i will give it that i will give it that 
Uh, now, see, it's gotten all excited to play uh, Kirby on uh, N64 now, too. Hopefully we'll get to that mm-hmm. soonish. I forget where it is on the list, but we'll get to it. Uh, all right, so we'll skip this one for now, and let's talk about the third game that we played today. Uh, and shout out to uh, Jeremy Hatfield for letting us borrow this uh, very hard to find game. And uh, man, I'm really excited that I played it at all because it's weird as hell. We played yeah. Cubivore, uh, which is weird. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> I'm you trying very, to think of a good way to describe you it. Very nicely. Um, it, Jeremy has a complete copy, so we got to read over the manual, which sort of matches the very weird tone of the game. I yeah. mean, really, the title says a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a carnivore, and he's the cube. Yeah. And you, so you just start as a small little tadpole cube. Um, Steve, as is his tradition, mm-hmm. named his character Ass. And I've which, never been so happy I did. Which we didn't know. Um, it prefaces your character by saying he's pig. Mm-hmm. So you, you could be pig Steve or pig Woody, but in this case, we were pig ass. Yes, we were. Um, and so you start as a small little tadpole, and you eat slightly bigger tadpoles. So Also, it's weird that a pig is a tadpole. Yeah. Like, I feel like it shouldn't. I, don't know. I guess I use tadpole in the sort of generic sense of like little, no, I mean you're single right. cell little thing. It is what it is. Yeah. Like it has the tail and everything. It, but it's it's weird that it's like that's it's not you making it weird. Don't worry, it's the it's the game Japan. is making it weird. Yeah, is this so? Is this in this is a very Japanese oh, seeming game? Extremely, yeah. It, it was. Uh, Okay, so I guess the story with this one is that it was supposed to be developed... It was being developed by Nintendo over in Japan, Mm -hmm. uh, and it was called Animal Thug over there, which is just a cool title, but I prefer Cubivore. Animal Uh, Thug strikes me as a different kind of game. You know what it makes me think of is like that... Is it uh, Tokyo Jungle? Uh Uh-huh. Have you played that? I have. Yeah, like the survival game where you're the Pomeranian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of makes me think of that. Uh, So it's... It it came out in Japan, uh, and it was not a big hit and Nintendo just didn't feel confident that it was going to do well in other markets. But Atlas, who we discussed uh, just last week on the Ogre Battle episode, they felt differently and they bought the rights. They renamed it Cubivore and they released it over here and it did not sell because no one knows what it is. Nintendo was very right. And also I feel like this is an era where uh, gamers were very conscious about graphical quality Mm -hmm. like they wanted all their graphics to be like movie quality and they wanted to look as real and as cool as possible and this one is intentionally low res uh very simplistic and uh kind of ugly to look at honestly but but like that's the point if if it was on the nintendo 64 and looked exactly the same i don't think we would have thought twice about it i don't think you would notice at all yeah I, i don't think they did much except maybe smooth out some of the polygons but uh yeah, honestly, this would fit right. So on it was Nintendo released. For it was released for GameCube for the Nintendo sixty four, right? It, it was. It was. Yeah. It, yeah. It was in development for the N sixty four in Japan, and then uh, it missed the deadline on that, so they developed it for the GameCube after that. Yeah. But they really did not change much. Like everything you can do in this game, you can you would be able to do in N sixty four easily. And so you sort of, I guess the story is you sort of are this tadpole living in the wilderness, and then these creatures come in, and according to the manual, they eat the wilderness and turn it into raw meat. So you this need to then manual is incredible. By eat the, way. the raw meat to turn the to regain the wilderness. Yeah. And so there will be these big sections of this of the levels that are just white nothing, like the never ending story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then when you eat enough raw meat, they uh. The wilderness appears and you can proceed. Also, by eating raw meat or something, I don't know, this game is simultaneously very simple because you're just a cube jumping around eating other cubes, Mm -hmm. but also very complicated because there's a bunch of different colors that change your way your character mutates. Yeah. So if you eat a blue, you might get like a little uh, fin that lets you hop farther, or if you eat a gray, you get the ability to dash, and by eating multiple of the colors in a row, you get a slightly stronger version of that form. And really, to be clear, like, your cube, it doesn't get an appendage. Your cube gets another little flat square that goes somewhere on its body. Yeah. Like, so it never looks like an arm or a leg. And then, once you've mutated enough, you go to the mating area, (laughs) which is a little heart-shaped tunnel of love. And you go in there, and the screen goes white, and you see how many females you attract. Mm Um Attract, and what's that based on? That's based on how many times you've mutated, right? I think so, yeah, because yeah, girls love someone with experience. That's what the manual says. So the more mutations, I think girls the just love people who are mutated. Yeah, well, I think that the manual says that too. Girls yeah. love mutations. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This game also, 
is rated E for everyone, which, you know, I probably wouldn't rate it differently, but it is, like, surprisingly odd as, like, mating as, like, a central part of this game. Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, mating I don't know violence. if there's many <laughs> other E-rated games that allow you to mate with three or ten females. And I was going to say, like, uh, maybe they went that way because there's no way anyone could be aroused by this game, but then I realized, like, what I'm talking about. The internet is aroused by everything. Somebody out there has made cubivore porn, and uh, I will make it my life's goal to find it. Or make it. Who knows? We'll <laughs> Who knows? see. Uh, yeah, this game is so weird and so quirky and just kind of adorable. Well, uh, yeah, and one more thing is once you go into the tunnel, oh, um, yeah, yeah. You, your character do- like your character just dead. Like he mates, and then you, you make an offspring that has a slightly more mutations or more appendages. He's a little farther along. And then you see the characters you were just playing, their dead body just laying there. Yeah. And then you are playing as the offspring. Yeah, and and you're just supposed to keep going through the generations. And every time, like, your your offspring starts off stronger than you did. Mm-hmm. Like, when you start off, you're just a tadpole that can barely move. And this one, you, are, you have, like, a leg, and you can hop a little faster. So it's faster <laughs> for you to evolve. Uh, and I, I think it just kind of keeps going like that. It has kind of a Katamari Damacy vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just in the simplicity and the walking around eating stuff. And just the sort of what the hell is going on type of vibe. Right. It definitely sort of mimics that. I don't think it's as fun to play as Katamari because it's much slower. It is much slower. Oh, the music's not as good. Yeah, Yeah. the music is still kind of, it has that sort of loungy piano music. Yeah. So it's kind of like a sort of game you would sort of get into the zone and not pay that much attention to. Um, And just sort of be eating guys, which does strike that same Katamari itch. Um, And it helps that this is kind of self-aware in the way that Katamari is. Like, it's got that kind of winking sense of humor to it. Uh, You know, every time you finish a section, like, you get a little monologue from your piggy ass. (laughs) uh, He's got these just really weird, like, little off-the-cuff things that he's saying and, And like, trying to pronounce. he uses a lot of, you know odd terminology like he's got a fat idea p-h-a-t and yeah all these kind of things it just it's it's very hard to pin down what the aesthetic of this game is which is clearly the point is they're just like what weird thing can we put in here yeah to keep people off balance yeah absolutely and i don't know this one we talked about it on the ogre battle episode but uh, atlas games tend to be some of the rarer on the system and i think this might be one of the rarest if not the rarest game on the gamecube um just because it didn't find an audience. No. I mean, what the hell is this thing? And if you were to look at it, like if you look at the cover, it looks very kind of childish and it's got kind of an off-putting design. Like I don't mm-hmm. understand why the C in Cubivore should be a cube because it's like it's it's a C that they put little fangs in its mouth, which yep. is – that's a good design choice. But why didn't they make it a cube? You know, you can do that or you can make it a – how does that you close the C then? You can square off the edges. You know, you can square off the edges. Oh, on that. No yeah, saying. okay. Like make it a blockier C. Oh, yeah, that really would have made the game sell. That was their one mistake. I'm just saying. I'm just saying from a design standpoint. And then if you look on the back of the cover, like some of the fonts in the bullets are bigger than the fonts in the paragraphs. Like uh, that I don't know, thing. Steve. I, I feel like you're being kind of nitpicky. I'm yet. just saying this is what I do for work. I look at this stuff all day. So I feel like I'm the very saying. premise of this game is, and name is just not going to sell well. And when you look at the back, it's just not an appealing looking game game yeah and and like i said i think this is a game if this had been released like on uh psn or something like five years mm-hmm. ago it would have done really well yeah for well for like maybe like a six dollar game oh yeah like, yeah because this does have like a very early indie game vibe to it yeah uh and i think as we've kind of gotten on and as, we're, as gamers are getting older and everything we want more quirky or weirder games yeah. like this uh and we're not necessarily dependent on visual fidelity for every game that we play so i, I think this one would do really well today yeah i think that that's a good analysis and i do i think that's the same reason why this probably wouldn't fit in very well in the n64 even though it looks the part i feel like we were at a point in gaming history where this one would have been just as overlooked on the N64 as it was. Yeah, I agree. I feel like whether this came out on the GameCube, which it did, or the N64, it would have had pretty much the same fate of no one buying it and then a few people really enjoying the quirk factor and then it being one of the hardest fun games to find on the system. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those were the games that we played for this round of canceled games, uh, which, I mean, I guess that's kind of a misnomer because they were canceled for N64, but they made it somewhere. Yeah, we still got to Uh, play them. These are all all pretty fun. These are all pretty great. If if you have the uh, options to check these out, you know, I would say 
Mm, if, if I'm ranking them, sure, I'm gonna say not? I'm gonna say Cubivore, okay. Kirby, uh, uh, Star Fox. Okay, uh, I think that's fair. I just, I mean, I think I was a little more enamored of Cubivore than you were, and you were a little more enamored of Kirby than I was. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, I would go uh, Kirby, Cubivore, Star Fox. Yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of like Star Fox. I, did, I was not crazy about Cubivore. It was just, I don't know how long the weirdness will carry through the kind of boring gameplay. Yeah. Um, and that's fair, and, and it's maybe not something that would appeal to me for very long. But if you do get this game, if you do track it down, spring for the extra version with the manual, because the manual on this thing is nuts. <laughs> and they've got this amazing like cross-section of the biology of a cubivore. Yeah, so it's just a cube on the outside, and it's like one of those eyewitness books where you see on inside, but yeah. it's all like fleshy. Yeah, they gave it like it, pig skin, like actual pig skin looks- and hair. And there's a there's brain and organs. It's very creepy. It's so cool, and I really want just like a print of this on my wall. Like it just it looks amazing, and no one would understand what the hell it was. But uh, I think it's incredible, and this, yeah, it's just a really weird manual. Like the way it's all written. Yeah, it's a surprisingly long manual, but I still just by reading the manual, it's very unclear what anything does. <laughs> it's and a surprising. That's a case. Like I don't think the manual needs to be that no. long. I think they just wanted to pad it out and be weird. Yeah. Like, it's it's a celebration of being as weird as possible, so I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's drop one one or sure. two little nuggets about sure. extra stories that uh, that just just so we can round it out a little bit. Uh, here's a no-brainer. Super Mario 64 2. Oh, my gosh. Never happened. Why didn't it happen? Super Mario 64, that game, I've played that. Have you? Yeah, it's, I, it was it. all right. Is it good? It was, right. yeah, yeah, it was decent. No. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, uh, apparently it was popular enough that there are rumors of a sequel. Uh, supposedly it was in development at one point, and uh, the the word was it was going to have a multiplayer component, which means Luigi was going to be in it. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, many rumors were that well, Luigi was in Super Mario 64. Right, yeah, yeah. which I was never able to... I know Yoshi definitely is. Yes, you, on, I, I, have, I have talked to Yoshi in that game. Yeah, 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 I've done that too. Uh, and But yeah, I've, I've heard the rumors that, uh, in the Wii. I mean, too. people I feel like have explored every sort of bit of coding and crevice in uh, Super Mario 64, and I don't think they've ever found Luigi. And I don't know, yeah. So I don't think he's there, folks. I don't think so, but he was going to be in Super Mario 64 too, which... Uh, from what I understand, that kind of morphed into a game called Mario 128, which was going to be on the GameCube. And that was separate from Mario Sunshine. Okay. Mario Sunshine and Mario 128 were always meant to be different things. And no one really knows what that one was going to be about. <laughs> I think what it eventually turned into, or like that same kind of framework, was uh, there's a game on the Wii U called The Wonderful 101. Hmm which is where you play as a team of 101 superheroes and you all bound together to like fight crime and everything and like you could turn into a giant fist or something. I think it was going to kind of be that because the only preview images we ever got was just of like a multitude of Mario. Have you ever seen there was a weird I think it was like a Bollywood Indian movie that it was like a clip that went around on YouTube for a while yeah. of like this one guy and he like morphs into this giant wheel with a bunch of faces. Yeah. Do you remember the name of that movie or where I to find the clip? Don't. Oh god, I, I, it's like Cyborg or something like that, but I I, I know the one you're talking about and like I gotta find that clip. He's got the magnets and he attra- draws all the guns to him and like yeah. sends into like a wall of guns. Yeah, that one looks nuts. I, I've wanted to try and track that down and watch that movie sometime. Apparently, it's like three hours long. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I don't know. If it's three hours of just that kind of craziness, I'd be all about I'm it. I'm sure it's not, but I'm sure there's, like, lots of dance numbers. And, you know, Bollywood is a major, like, gap for me in yeah. my film-watching history. I, I really haven't seen very many at all. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you what, like, the classic big like Bollywood movies are so I don't know why that is I think that's true for a lot of uh, film nerds is like they get yeah. into like Japanese or Korean films but well, somehow was, Indian stuff never sort of clicks with that for audience. whatever reason it was a matter of accessibility like hmm. in in small town movie theater or small town like video stores where I grew up like they would have the occasional Japanese film or German film or something like that but you never saw an Indian film on the shelves so like I just didn't have the access to it when I was like going through my formative movie watching years Anyway, that's Mario 128. Is... Mario 128 is the Bollywood game of yes. So yeah, that that game never happened. Nothing ever happened with it. So, uh, so it's odd the way the um, they were so committed to sort of only doing one major Mario game yeah. per system. I mean, because you had Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then you, Super Mario World Two, which is Yoshi's Island, which is only tangentially a Mario game, even though it has the name. GameCube is, or uh, Wii is the one that 
bucked that trend. Right, like, with Galaxy, Galaxy and Galaxy One. 2. Galaxy 2 is like a true sequel to Galaxy. Yeah, and I, I felt like maybe they just had so many ideas going there that they felt like they could justify a new one. Yeah. I feel like, I don't and know. And also, they don't want to rush Mario. Yeah. Like, you don't want to hurry and like to, to meet a deadline and crank out a crappy Mario game. Well, it's just a very mature outlook, too, of like, we don't have... We don't have the ideas here to, like, make something super new and super fresh. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, Super Mario Sunshine kind of suffered from that. It didn't quite have enough going to make it like, this is, I've never seen this. It's a strange Whereas, game. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a strange game. Mario's always kind of been, like, groundbreaking. So when they're like, uh, we don't really know how to make the second Mario game for N64 and have it be different than the first one. Right. Which is probably why they didn't follow through on it. And that's the thing with Mario Sunshine. Like, it's not a bad game, but yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. It doesn't feel groundbreaking the way the others do. It, like, the addition of jetpack, like water jets, does not feel like a a great leap it's forward. It's debatable, not even an improvement. No, like, no, it's just kind of a weird mechanic to yeah. have. Uh, but it made good use of the clicky GameCube controller, which I liked. So sure. I mean, that's fine. Uh, how about a little of this Metroid 64? Oh yeah, I can I go for some of that. I played that one. Uh, I've, I've played it all all the time. It's great. I, it's great. I live in this alternate reality where that game exists, Man, and it's my favorite game ever. That'd be amazing. Uh, but this one never left the rumor stage, unfortunately, in this dimension. Uh, apparently, it, it was at a point where they were really, really talking about it, uh, and they ran into a wall with Gunpei Yokoi, who was the creator of uh, Metroid mm-hmm. and the Game Boy and the Virtual Boy. Um, his most notable accomplishment <laughs> yes. is the Virtual Boy and uh, R.I.P. Gunpei Yokoi. He, he died tragically in a car wreck uh, a couple years after this. But allegedly, he put the kibosh on Metroid for the 64 because he hated the controller so much. Oh, wow. He hated it. And okay. he said that he couldn't imagine a world where a Metroid game that he designed would work with that controller. Okay, I, I can see that. I mean, if we think about the Nintendo 64 controller and yeah. we think about... I feel like it would works if this Metroid is a 3D game, but he's maybe not imagining this as a 3D game. And uh. the more I think about like a like a behind the like an over the shoulder 3D Metroid game, the more I'm just like, Ugh, yeah, I don't want that. No, it would have been it would have been pretty gross. I'm not sure how they could have gotten it to work yeah. very well. I think it would have needed to be a 2D game. And yes, the controller is awful for yeah. uh, for 2D games because you want to be using that pad and then your hands are super spread out and you don't have access to many buttons. Right, yeah, you're cutting out the Z button from your from your arsenal mm-hmm. there. and Yeah, so I could see where he comes from on that. Uh, that means we didn't get another Metroid game. I think there was a gap between Super Metroid and Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm replaying Metroid Prime right now and it is just goddamn wonderful. Like it is... It holds up so so. It's a beautiful well. looking and beautiful sounding game. It really is, and it just it plays so smoothly. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm glad they waited on that one. I'm glad. I, I yeah, just thinking about like what a chunky third person Metroid game on N64 would look like just makes me sad. Uh, you'll like this one, Contra Spirits 64. Oh, I will like that one. Yeah. I, I'm a big Contra head. Uh, so this one was talked about in a couple game magazines. Uh, that I don't know if it was ever officially announced, but uh, it was published as if it was officially announced. Uh, this was going to be developed by Konami, and the word was it was going to be a 2D game with 3D boss fights. So okay. you would switch perspective to be over your shoulder during boss fights. Huh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was talked about all the way back in 1997, and but the team kind of disbanded from there and just went on to work on other projects. But allegedly, uh, the game... Um, Contra Shattered Soldier on PS2 has a lot of that same DNA okay. that they were originally going to do on that because you can do that with the boss fights in that game. Have you played any of the... So about this time they were doing Contra games on the PS1, which are very poorly regarded yeah, in the Contra games. I've never played those either, but I think they tried to do... They tried to go almost straight into 3D and maybe that was an example of what Metroid would have looked like on That's these kind of systems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, and I, the last Metroid or the last Contra game I played was four on the DS, which mm-hmm. was excellent. Uh, it was, it well, was that's a that's actually I think the most recent Contra game that Is exists. Really? The Contra's oh, been wow. kind of dead for a while. There was a game that came out for the PlayStation Network called Hardcore. Or yeah, I think it's just called it's called Hardcore Uprising is the name of it. Okay, and it's a Contra game, but it doesn't have Contra in the name anywhere because there was a Contra called Hardcore also. There was the yeah, there was Contra Hardcore for yeah. the Genesis, and this game's just called Hardcore Uprising, um, and it's it's a cool game. Um, it's definitely lives up to the Contra name, but it's very confusing. Doesn't have the Contra name, right? Right. Um, and then nothing has come out since then. I don't quite know why. Um, I feel like a, sort of a recurring theme too in some of these canceled games is the real. The drive that 
or just the thought that on N64, and this is kind of a recurring theme on the podcast as well, people don't want to do 2D games. There's a sense that everything needs to be 3D if right. it's going to be on this system. And for like, you know, Contra or Metroid, they're like, okay, if we're not going to make this, this isn't going to work in 3D. So let's just not bother to make it in 2D. Yeah. Um, which have we played any 2D games yet? I'm trying to think. Uh, like not the, like the, the action side, like games, games like yeah. that. Yeah, just fighting games. I know Mischief Makers is one. Yes. And I'm trying to think of another one, and I can't really off the top of my head. Just but, a straight uh, up platformer. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm sure. I'm sure like, we'll encounter more. Hopefully, but... hopefully we'll find some. Oh no! You know what? I just have another uh, Tarzan. Okay. Disney, Disney's Tarzan. But it has a, a very yeah, yeah yeah 3D effect. It does. But yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. That is just a 2D platformer. Yeah. So yeah, no, and that's something I wish that they'd kind of leaned into. It's it's kind of like. I don't know. It's like when when talking films came out, you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everybody was just rushing. It's like the only movies we can make from now on are talkies. And Charlie Chaplin's just like, no, fuck y'all. I'm going to keep making silent films all the way up, like, through The Great Dictator. And, like, uh, Modern Times is, like, his – and for my money, that's his masterpiece. And that was made, like, a good 10 years into the silent – or the, the talkie era. So I feel like – we needed more people who kind of recognized that 2D is still like a valid genre. It's still something that you could really get a lot of I don't feel like that sort of came around until we sort of got into this smaller sort of indie game development type yeah. of thing. And people are like, okay, there's a market for these 2D games that you publish and they're like, you know, 15 or 20 bucks. And, and they and wanted they, to play the games that, like they wanted to make the games that inspired them mm-hmm. when they were young and they played those 2D side scrollers. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be, it'd be a long time until we got, got back to that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of a long time, we're 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 close to an hour here. I think I want to save some more of these nuggets until next time. Yeah, but, uh, we'll, we'll be back. There was a lot of games canceled for the N64. There was a lot of games. We haven't even touched on Earthbound 64, but we will get to that one uh, at some point because that was a that was a big deal. So, uh, just wanted to thank everybody who has been listening to us and sticking with us for this last year. We've had so much fun doing it. Well, I mean, I I can't speak for you. No, I've you had can't. a lot of fun doing it. I have not had any fun. No fun at all. I'm, okay. Yeah. Oh, but well, I will continue to do we'll it. Work for, on it. We'll, okay. we'll get you there. Good. Uh, we'll, thank you. I um, will you please install a ball pit in our recording room? Uh, I don't know if that would be great for the room tone. Mm. I don't know if it's just well, constantly a, rattling balls. Only one way to find out. All right, we'll find out. Stay tuned uh, for next week when we are full all, of rattling balls. Ball pit edition. Yeah. Which will be that, really great ambience for Resident Evil 2. No, we're going to do – that will be on our Iggy's Wrecking Ball episode. Oh, we'll my be, God. We'll, we'll record it in a ball pit. We'll go to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my God. I totally want to do this. Okay. <laughs> They're going to kick us out. <laughs> you met in your 30s in the ball pit. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, so yes, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, tune in this Sunday for the Resident Evil Two episode, and uh, thank you so much for listening. And Woody, thank you so much for doing the show with me. This has been so much fun for me. Hooray! Hooray! All right, bye everybody. Hopefully we don't get canceled. I'm canceling us right now. Oh no! Uh, this is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tight. Here we go. It's to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave real early. These girls are really sleazy. All they just say is please me. Or spend some time and rock around. I said it's not that easy. It's tricky to rock around.